welcome to the Casey City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. It's so good to be here this morning. Great to see all of you. And a couple of things to mention. What a wonderful, wonderful worship we just had. You know, I've noticed this church is a Spirit of God friendly church. How good is that? You know, sometimes I wonder when I go to churches because before I, well, I've, I've done quite a few things over the years, but I was representing the Ministry of Compassion for a few years, and I've been to a number of churches, Pentecostal, uh, you know, um, Anglican churches, and, and, and sometimes I wonder when I go to churches, if the God they worship show up, will they welcome him? Because people tend to put a lid on the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, whenever he shows up and want to do things, but this place really seemed like a friendly place for the Spirit of God. And you know, the scriptures say, whoever have, much will be given. And whoever have not, even the little they have will be taken away from them. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, let this place be filled with the presence of Almighty God. Let this place be saturated in such a way, Lord, they've not experienced before. Let your spirit come. And Lord, let your glory fill this place like the water cover the sea. And every word I share, Lord, let that be the word you want them to hear this day. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You know, like I said, I'm actually going to relax through this now because I know you guys are ready to hear whatever God is actually planning to share with you today. Pastor Larry, thank you, man of God, for the opportunity to come out here today. And uh, Pastor Kevin, thank you for the hospitality. It's, it's so good to be here. I also have friends uh, from One Living Church uh, International, which... It's such a pleasant surprise, actually, to see them here. It's a church in Deninong. We planted about eight years, nine years ago now. Uh, Charles and I and these dear friends who are here today, we co-labored together to actually pioneer a church in Deninong. And so it's so good to have you with us. Thank you for coming today. Now, what I want to talk to us about uh, is what I call climate for self-leadership. I'm not so much gonna talk about self-leadership per se. There are books and videos and a whole lot of things that you can actually tap into to learn about self-leadership, to learn about your attitude as a person or as a leader, uh, how to develop yourself and keep on learning and growing. You know, self-discipline, all those aspects of self-leadership are out there. John Maxwell being one of them who has written books and, and volumes that you can actually tap into and learn from. But what I want to teach us, what I want to talk to us about is the climate, the conducive environment that, I, that can enable you to actually lead yourself and lead others. I will open with these words about five years ago, my little man, uh, my son, who is now eight years old, and, and by the way, my family, um, you know, uh, they're looking forward to being here. We've got four kids uh, from the age of three to nine. And so it's, it's quite a work in the morning to actually get them ready. And we're on the other side of the city. But I promise you, we're going to come just to come and sit and worship with you, yeah? So Achala and the kids will be coming to visit soon. But my little man, who is now eight years old, 
Uh, you know, he, he was three at the time. He, he was, you know, he was eating and he ate and he was full and his tummy was popping out and he came running with so much pride in his face saying, mommy, my tummy now look like daddy's. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I can now announce to you that my daddy tummy is back thanks to COVID isolation. We isolated from people, but not from the fridge, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm not saying this to you for a good laugh and thank you, you're kind, you know. It's not just a joke, it's actually the reality of life. Everyone that looks unto us, they want to become like us. It is not so much what we know or what we teach that people that we lead or that are looking unto us become. It's actually who we are. And from that simple revelation from my son, it was not so much about me telling him to eat his veggies and exercise. It was actually the picture of daddy. What daddy looks like, that's what he wanted to become. That was his pride. And by the way, because I realized it's, you know, I'm starting to develop my one pack. You know, who, who want to have six pack when you can only have one? So what I've done with my son and uh, my other uh, two children, we've, we've actually signed up for soccer. You know, uh, a dear friend, Bram, who is also a friend of this house, uh, he's also running a soccer program in the West. So I'm volunteering to become a volunteer soccer coach so I can get rid of this, but also get my boy to uh, learn soccer. So I'm working on it, yeah? I'm working on it. But that's a reality of life. Ultimately, our truest example of leadership is Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 tells us that as we behold him, we need to behold him with unveiled faces. And as we behold him, we are being transformed to that same image as the Lord, the Spirit enable us. Is our ultimate example. It is not so much what Jesus taught. Yes, his words are great and powerful. And they are highlighted in red, you know, whatever version of the Bible you, you've got. But he said to the Pharisees and the people that, that were so caught up in the actual text itself. He said, you search the scriptures thinking in them you will have life. But you refuse to come to me. Because he knew coming to him and drawing to him is the transformation we need. It is actually what changes us. It is not so much the actual word and the text and the letter, but Jesus Christ, our true leader. And that's why Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. Amen. And so talking about self-leadership, I want to simply talk to you about three things. And I, and I don't think I will be able to cover this today, all of it. But I will let the Spirit pinpoint the key things that he wants us to hear today. There are three things in this conducive environment that you need to build around yourself to be able to lead yourself and others real well. Number one is the element of the Father's will. Number two, it's actually the community of people you have around you. And number three is rest. If I can say something quickly about rest, Sometimes we are overworked, underappreciated, and we feel caught up and trapped 
in this world of what we do. But as I talk about the Father's will, I want us to know this because I may not get to talk about rest, depending on how we go with time, because I can talk, yeah? It is not so much about working for God. It's about walking with God. If you walk with the king, whatever work you do for the king will not be a burden. And that's why he said, take my yoke upon you because my yoke is light. You know, when, 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 when you know, the animals are, are plowing, there is always a younger, younger one pair up with an older, more experienced one. And because the experienced one knows how to pull the plow better, the younger one rests as the younger one moves along doing the plowing. And you see, God wants to invite us to a place where we're not caught up in this rat race of busyness and being bogged down by the things that we do. But he wants us to come to him. And as we come to him, as we relate to him, as we walk, as we walk with him, our work will begin to become easy and burden become light. But circling back to seeking the Father's will, I think there's PowerPoint coming up just in a moment. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, I believe, if we can go to the next one. His disciple came to him that, Lord, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. And he opened up, obviously, with our Father who art in heaven. That's a dwelling place of the king. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The original will of the Father is where the king dwells. And he said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he said, speaking this word to his disciples, they would have understood uh, some of the things that Jesus, not, not often, sometimes they were confused as to what Jesus was on about. But there are times when Jesus speaks certain things. It relates to their culture, it relates to the environment, and, and they can actually see examples in their world. And at the time, Rome was a conquering power. And then Rome would go and conquer this king and this kingdom. And what Rome does, Rome would send what they call an apostolos. An apostolos is word, word, word for the apostle or word apostle, where we get the word apostle from. An apostolos was the representative of the king who has authority and power from the king, who is sent out to the new kingdom that has been conquered with the might, with, with the knowledge, with the resource of Rome for the purpose of turning that new kingdom that has been conquered to look like Rome. So when the emperor comes or when Caesar comes to that new city or that new kingdom that has been conquered, the emperor will feel at home. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom's domain where God is, the presence of God and, and, and the truth of the kingdom of God is where the king is, the domain of the king. And Jesus said, listen guys, you've got to come to the Father and walk with him. You've got to actually be with the Father, know him, know who the king is and what the king desires and take that and take it to whatever region you're going to be sent. Because they were not just disciples, they were going to become apostolos. They were going to become the sent one, the ones that will go on behalf of the king. And you see, seeking the Father's 
will is the first building block, if I can put it that way, of this climate that can enable you to lead yourself and lead those that are around you. Jesus put it this way. In John 5, 19, it's not in the PowerPoint. You can check in your Bible. I could be wrong. But John 5, 19 says that the son does nothing of his own initiative. He does what he sees the father is doing. How amazing is that? And so Jesus will go at night and, and, and walk with the father and get to know that because, again, he, he is 100% God and 100% man. While he was on the earth, he was fully dependent on the Father because he chose to not exercise his privileges as God. Just like we ought to do. Just like we ought to depend on God. He would go to the Father, commune with the Father, get to understand the king's will for the day, he was not doing things during the day and then go and pray at night. We reverse that sometimes. We, we, we work for God and we're busy for God and we're burning out for God and then we go and try and pray. But Jesus said, it's the other way around. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, guys, if you want to know how to pray, go and be together with the Father, understand what the Father wants done, and then come and do likewise. I'll give you another scripture. I think this is Matthew 18, verse 18. Matthew 18, 18. In uh, New American Standard Bible, got it here on my device, and you may have, have it on your devices. By the way, if you got an apple here, you need to turn it off. This is the holy ground. We don't want temptation like what Eve and Adam had. <laughs> Samsung rules, yeah? <laughs> in, in, the, in the NASB, pay attention to the grammar here. It says, whatever you bind on earth shall have, shall have been bound in heaven. <laughs> Whatever you lose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Sometimes we say, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. But it's actually other way. Well, NASB was based on, on lots and lots of handwritten manuscripts. And actually, the most up-to-date um, compared to other translations. And so, well, you will see differences in translation for that fact. Not that one is, oh, well, some are better than others. <laughs> but it's all based on what they base their translation on. Um, and and they, they, looking at the different manuscripts, they actually show that this ought to be translated, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Now, when you look at that, that means whatever you go and do as a child of God, seeking the will of the Father, you'll see it already bound in heaven. Such a confidence, I tell you. Because if we walk in such a way, knowing what the Father is up to, what the Father wants to do in this city, we will have such a confidence that nothing will deter us from moving this city upside down. And you see Jesus saying, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And so we owed to seek the Father's will. There's a man in the scripture that is an example of this. And this is Moses. Moses had a lot going for him. He was a prince of Egypt. One of the great empires of his time. And to be at that highest place, there, there was nothing else in the world he would have wanted. But this guy, you know, decided to, to defend his people and, and therefore got into trouble with Pharaoh and he fled and went to Midian and, and you, know, you know, stayed at the house of Jethro where he actually got married to Jethro's daughter and, and actually became a shepherd there. And, and so his life, again, was, was wonderful, was great. But one day he saw a bush burning. And the Bible said he decided, Exodus 3 tells us that, Moses said, let me go and investigate. And when he turned aside, when God saw Moses had turned aside, he started speaking to him. Now our God is a wonderful, wonderful great father who loves us and allows an element of free will, yeah? He does not force us to do things that we choose not to do. And you see, we can choose to become regular Christian and sit and be at church, enjoy his presence. You're not gonna lose your salvation, I I promise you that, because the Father loves you. And if you're saved, you've given your heart to Jesus and washed by the blood, you are a child of God, amen? Nothing will change that. But you can choose to go the extra step. You can choose to lead yourself in such a way that can transform cities. We've had one of the most incredible, difficult year of, you know, I don't know, for, for those who've been, been around for a long time, you know, nothing like this has occurred in the past 100 years. It's, it's like a 100-year event when, when a pandemic can sweep the whole world and people mistakes and failure of leadership and fear pandemic and financial and all that to the point now we are in the most difficult time in, in you know, all nations of the world right now are struggling. It has been said that the aftermath of the war is more deadlier than the war itself. And I, I tell you, we're yet to reckon with what this pandemic has actually done in Australia and in other parts of the world. So it's going to be critical to have people that can lead. Amen? And we need people that can go the extra mile with their God to know him and to know his will for cities, for nations, for the city of Casey. And Moses turned aside from the shepherding of the flock. And when he turned aside, God started talking to him. You've got to turn aside, amen? amen? That's the point I'm trying to say to you. You've got to turn aside. You've got to draw away. And when he turned aside, God started speaking to him. And Moses went on a journey now where he became a deliverer of the people of Israel. And so he delivered them from Egypt, took them to the wilderness. And now here is the greatest example of seeing the kingdom or the will of the Father in heaven and bringing it to your community. Moses for 40 days and 40 nights was praying and fasting. And God showed him his throne room, his presence, you know, what what he ought to do, the original of what it looks like in heaven. And the Father instructed him to take exactly that and build that in his community what became known as the Ark of the Covenant. And when he built that, the presence of God came and filled that place. And he indwelled with his people visibly and physically. I've got to tell you that. 
It's not a metaphor. It was the true presence of God, tangible presence of God, indwelling the people of Israel. And God himself testified of this in Deuteronomy 29 verse 5. He said, I laid you for 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes did not wear out and the sandals on your feet did not wear out. Think about it. They had kids when they left Egypt. Their sandals and clothes grew with them while they were in the wilderness for 40 years. I got to suggest to you, yes, it was so. Because wherever the presence of God is, great and mighty things take place, things that no one can understand. And if we dare venture out to know the Father's will and bringing that to the community of people we're part of, you will see the mighty hand of God. All arguments will be laid bare. The reason Christianity has become this religion that is numbered among, you know, world's religion, Buddhism and uh, Islam and you name it, it's because we've reduced it from a dynamite, from power to a code of ethics. But it's a power that can turn cities upside down. Amen. Because when we see the Father's will and we bring that to a community, it's transformation, it's change. I've got to give you an example in recent times in our lives. A child and I, we had a privilege of partnering with God and Pastor Larry mentioned that uh, just before. You know, um, my wife, she's a praying woman. She, she, she actually does a lot of fasting than anyone I know. They seem to get along really well with the Father. And they talk to each other a lot. <laughs> you know, pastor's wife will relate to what I'm talking about. You know, she, she decided to do 21 days. Um, I think it was in the midst of pandemic while we were in lockdown or before that, I, I, can't, I can't quite remember. But she did her 21 days and while she was doing that, she saw an image of the father one of these days in a vision. She's, she, she's having these things called vision. Uh, things I don't normally have, by the way. God is speaking to me differently. But for her, she had this open vision. And she saw the father whipping over this community of people called Boar. And, and so she said, I just had a vision. I said, what did you see? He said, I saw an image that the spirit said, this is the father whipping over the city uh, and the people of Boar. I said, well, it doesn't make sense. But let's let just put it aside and, and, and wait and see what that is going to be. But before we know it, the floodgates of, of you know, uh, River Nile bus of open. And the flood came in, a, in such a way. If we got that picture, I think it's slide number four. And the entire place was filled with water. 200,000 people were stranded, drowning. Something they've not seen for a long time. I think, think the last time such a flood occurred was in the 60s. And so when we heard about it, we're like, okay, now this is, this is what the father was talking about. We got to do something. So we quickly just, you know, pandemic was now raging. This was, I think, July. I think this was August. Yeah, 1st of August. We did not know how things would pan out financially and all that. And so we just said, we're just going to trust the Lord. He's entrusted us with this knowledge beforehand. So we put 
our personal finances and, 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 and start hiring rescue boats to take people out of the water. You can see that poor mother um, with a kid. There's lots and a lot of people that were caught in that. And we started, we started sending rescue boats to bring people. And before we know it, Help was coming from places, from people, from churches, one of them being Casey City Church. And I want to say thank you for your support and for helping us to actually help a lot of people. Of the 200,000 people, only five people lost their lives. That's, that's amazing. That's like, in that amount of water, only God can make something like that possible. But it was just starting with seeing the will of the Father. Yes, the Father always wills to see people saved and rescued. But sometimes he directs us to a particular area for a particular reason and for the time that he wants us to do something there. And I want to challenge all of us. This is just one story, but there is many, many more of, of God's work in the world through you, through many more but if you have not yet stepped out to really know God intimately, to really know his heart, even for your city, for your family, because this is where your self-leadership starts. If you can walk with the Father, you begin to know who he is and who you are and what you ought to do. And therefore, you can learn around whatever the Father is speaking to you. You can then grow and shape yourself with all the various knowledge out there about leadership and self-leadership. And you can enroll into Alpha Cruises College if you want. We'd love to have you in my class. Whatever you do to train yourself, but you've got to understand this. The center of it is being in the Father's will for you, for your family, for your church, for your community. Amen. And when you see what the Father wants done, it gives you the confidence to go out there with no fear. And it will back you up. Amen? It will back you up. You know, people went crazy over this, even to the point a community in the U.S. decided to build a rescue boat. We were hiring boats. <laughs> because the Father wants it done. Amen? And he wants the same done for our city here, for Casey, for Australia. It's been a difficult year for some of you. You might have lost your job or you are an employee and you, you've let people go or you might have lost extended family to COVID and all that finances ruined. But here is what I'm feeling right now in my heart and I want to say this to you, that it's, it's actually not too late to start again. It's not too late to start again. I want to tell you a story and I'll conclude with this. A man, actually his name is... Colonel Sanders, some of you might have heard this story. Colonel Sanders was 66 years old. He retired and received his check of $48 as retirement fund. And he was sitting under the tree and looking at this money. What am I going to do with it? And he was contemplating committing suicide, actually. But then he realized that there was something that he did particularly well that he could do that no one else could do as well as him, and that was to cook. And so he went and bought some chicken in a city called Kentucky. 
They did not pay me for this, I, I guarantee you. KFC did not pay me for this. <laughs> and he started selling them. And KFC was born. At the age of 88, he became a millionaire. Mm. So it's not too late to start again. It doesn't matter what has occurred this year or what you might have lost, you can gain that back. And I hope that story encouraged you. But I just, it's not part of self-leadership, but I, I just felt like it's something I want to throw in there. Maybe, maybe, maybe. You know, sometimes we hold on to things so tight and we, and we live in fear, especially when we, have, when we have a job and security and money and finances. Maybe sometimes the Father wants you to let go of that thing you're holding on to so he can grab son to his plan for your life. Because once that security is gone, innovation begins to take place. Greater businesses, greater way of doing things will begin to emerge. Yeah? So I have courage. But hey, leadership, leading others, it starts from leading yourself. And the starting place is the will of the Father. See, I didn't get to the other things. What were the other things? Community. Building community. And rest. All right. Next time. <laughs> Wonderful. Can we rise? We're just going to, I don't know, Pastor Kevin, what do we normally do here? Pray? Worship? Yeah. Sing? All right. Yeah. We're going to pray for a couple of minutes, then I will hand it back. Amen. Amen. If we can all just lift our hands right now, all of us in this place. And just begin to speak to the Father right now. Wherever you are standing, yes, yes, just begin you, to speak Lord. to him and say, Lord, thank I you, want Jesus. to know you more. Mm. Yes, I'm known by you, God. But I want to know you more and more. Yes, I want to know and see your will, my Father. And so that as it is in heaven, I can bring it to my earth. I can bring it to my domain. Whether it be business or family, personal life, whatever area that I'm in as a leader, because ultimately you are our leader and we are leaders in whatever area. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, I pray right now that your spirit will minister to each and everyone here, whatever the need may be, whether it be need for healing right now in the name of Jesus, let bodies be restored in Jesus' name. Whether it be need for greater depths, and revelation from you to understand you more through yes. your word, but also to draw closer to you. Lord, I pray that that door will open right now in Jesus' name. Let it rain indoor right now in the name of Jesus. Let the Spirit of the Lord fill this place. And let each and everyone feels the love of the Father in unique way that is unique to us. Thank you, Lord, whatever way you minister to each and every one of us right now. Whether it be still small voice, with a big vision, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let there be an open heaven. Yes, there is. In fact, there's already an open heaven. Yes, Lord, because you have already descended. You've come down in the person of the Holy Spirit and indwelling us right now. In Jesus' mighty name, let your spirit do what only he can do. Precious Holy Spirit, take control right now as we worship. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen.